This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag, indeed.com, and Rocket Money. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani Lunis, joined by Aisha Blakely and Gary Washburn. Welcome to another week of the pod, friends. Welcome, welcome. How you doing? Glad to be here, Kwani. Glad to be here. Glad that you're here, Kwani. Thank you, Gary. How you feeling? Good good to be here. Good to be here. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. All right. So let's just talk about, let's get right into it. No need to catch up. I don't really care what y'all been up to. Let's talk about the Celtics. They've been down bad in a little, in the last few games. Despite losing two of the last three, though, blowing that double-digit lead in Miami, losing 98 to 95. Late game execution is very questionable at this point. Let's talk about the Miami game first. What did you two see? towards the end of that game? And, and what do they need to fix right now? Well, I, I think first you've got to acknowledge the fact that they were without damn near half of their regular rotation. Fair, very fair. I shouldn't have said That's, that. And, and that, that has to be factored into it. But the way that game concluded, uh, it highlighted, I think, the biggest concerns that the Celtics have as they inch closer and closer towards the end of the regular season into the playoffs. What are they going to do in when it comes to late game execution? And I thought from a coaching standpoint and from a player standpoint, I thought they failed miserably in that Miami game. Joe Mazzulla has to be better in those moments and Jason Tatum has to be better in those moments. And when you've got both of those two dynamics struggling to do the things that have to be done in order to be successful, you're going to get games like that where you, you blow a 10 point lead with like seven, eight minutes to play uh, and, and have plenty of opportunities to put that thing away and fail to do so. Yeah, I was, um, it, I mean, they just shut down in the fourth quarter. And I, I think, we first of all, should have never come down to the last play of the game where the, the, the Tatum walking the ball at the floor. But Mazzullo's got to call a timeout in that situation, first of all. Like, you can't let Tatum just boom, boom. And what they do? They blitzed him. The dude who came off the pick was Robert Williams. So, of course which is who they want him to pass it to 25 to 30 feet away from the basket. So Robert sets the pick. Jason looks and says, okay, I can't throw it to Robert because Robert ain't going to like, it's not like he's going to dribble penetrate and attack the rim. He's going to pass somebody else. So I need to pass it like cross court to Grant for maybe a, a winning three or whatever. Obviously failed miserably. Hero picked off the ball. They lose. I, I was more annoyed with about this game and I heard you guys talk last night. Well, the expectations were low because they're missing four targets, but you had a chance to win that game. Like they dominated the second half all the way to about seven minutes left. One, like where was the defense on Adebayo? You can't just let him shoot from 15. That's his, that he can shoot from 15 feet. That's what, that's what you want Robert Williams to be able to do maybe one day. But they just let him in the, in, the, in the winning bucket. You got him guarded by Peyton Pritchard. Like, what's going on here? Because you doubled and trapped Tyler Hero, who had like what three for sixty, I think, at that point was four for a thousand from the field. It was a out of bio was a dude who was scorching hot, and you let him score the winning basket on Peyton Pritchard. That's a problem. Secondly, people were like, "Well, Derek came through. Derek White came through." Derek White was over four in the fourth quarter, had open shots. Like, I just need to see more of a clutch gene from Derek White. Like, I need to see more. Last night, Tatum had, you know, Tatum was one for, I'm looking at the fourth quarter here. Peyton Pritchard was one for six. One Peyton just struggled. Okay. But Derek White, 
12 minutes, 0 for 4, no points, a minus 10. Like, you know, you need more when Derek White conceivably is your second best player or second most productive scorer. You need you need something from Derek White in the fourth quarter. Like you just, and I said, Peyton had 30, sorry, Tatum had 31, White had 23, but he had no points in the fourth quarter. You got to have a dude step up and knock down shots. I need to see more of a clutch gene from Derek White on nights like this where you're not going to have everybody. Let's face it. They're going to start giving guys some rest, I believe. Al's not going to play no more back-to-backs, as we know. The whole lower back stiffness, he's just getting rest. They're going to manage Jalen's injury. Derek White's going to be important to them, and and I don't know what – who knows what the situation is with Balcom, if he'll be back. I think he was off the injured list, so he should be back for the Knicks game on Thursday. But Derek White's got to step up. And also Sam Hauser, five threes, 0 for 5 from three-point line. He's like, I'll, I'll give Peyton a break. He was, he, he was chucking them and he did. He was not good from the field, but Sam Hauser, you look at what Hayward Highsmith did. Hayward Highsmith changed that game. Like as much as out of bio took it home, it was a 10 point lead and Hayward Highsmith hit two corner three to make it to four. And then all of a sudden you're like, uh Oh, and then the Celtics stopped scoring. So Hauser's got to hit open shots. There's no reason to have him out there if he's going to go 0 for 6. So if I'm the Celtics, you've got to think long and hard about whether Hauser's a guy who can help you this season. Well, Is he going to snap out of this? Or do you need to get another shooter? Because if, you, if Hauser is going to have, go have these nights where he goes 0 for, 6, 0 for 6, 0 for 5 from 3, you know, he did a lot of good things. You know, three rebounds, two assists, you know. He had two blocks and a steal, so he did little things. I'm not ripping him totally, but 0 for 6. I mean, you know. They need the score. They need, need, they need him to score when he's out there, right? right? right. You know, they were, they were just – it was a game they should have won because if you look at the Heat, Haywood Highsmith was good, but Kyle Lowry had two points. You know, Tyler Hero had nine points. You know what I'm saying? Like, Max Struess had 13, and I think it was all in the first half. He didn't all score. in the first half, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Victor Oladipo went 5 for 16. So, this was not a – defensively, they were fine. He shot 36%. But they also got 14 offensive rebounds, which is, you know – and I'm, I'm going to ask this to you guys. Like, can Robert Williams not do anything without a bio defensively? Like – isn't he supposed to try to stop him a little bit? Like, why does why is Adebayo acting like Williams ain't even on the court? Like, I don't know. Like, is that or is that a bad matchup? Well, yeah. I think a couple things, Gary. Uh, one, I, I think Miami did a really good job, and they were very conscious and intentional in trying to get Rob off of him. And I didn't think Rob did a good enough job when they were trying to switch to stay with Bam. And so I, Rob's got to get better at that on certain nights where his presence on a particular player on the other side of the ball is critical. Bam Adebayo is one of those guys. Uh, and the other thing, too, I, I think Robinson and I have a good night. And Rob, the one thing he's doing now, Gary, and I, I, I'm sure you probably picked up on this, is when he's getting the ball on offense, he's not just looking to move the ball like 95% of the time. He's actually looking to score a little bit more. And so I think his... That emphasis on him looking to score more, I think it's t- 
taking a little bit away from his edge defensively. Because uh, mm-hmm. Rob, again, the biggest problem I had with him was, wasn't so much uh, what Bam did to him, but the fact that he didn't work hard enough to stay with Bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bam's a smart player. I mean, yo, if I got the rock and Rob's on me, we were in action to get me switched out on Peyton Pritchard. The minute I see Peyton's on me, I'm rising up. I'm yeah. not looking to pass. I'm not you looking to that happen in the fourth quarter, yeah. the last minute of a game. Like you That's can't it. have Peyton Pritchard trying to guard Bam out of bio. It's not fair. Barbecue chicken. If, if Tyler hit, if Tyler Hero hits a 28 foot three, then okay, you tip your cap. But if you give Bam out of bio, who has shown the ability to hit the 15 footer, a 15 footer with basically um, unguarded. Know, Yes, with Webster, Gary Coleman guarding him like this. No, he didn't go Webster, Gary. No, damn, he, Gary. What six? Like with the bounce in the house, it's too easy. Damn, it's too easy. So I thought there were coaching mistakes, but I also thought Derek White and and, and I blame Tatum for that final turnover. Tatum should have attacked the rim, got to the rack, and and you know Spolstra out coached him. Uh, Missoula with the zone, but. You know, and some shots just didn't go down. But they've got to have more from White. They can't. Ha- he can't go scoreless in the fourth quarter in a game where you're the second best scorer. Hauser's got to do more offensively. I mean, Hauser's in this slump, and is this him or is this a slump? Because he is. He has not been good since November, and you're going to rely on him because he's going to get open shots. You want him to be a game changer like Haywood Highsmith was last night. I'm not saying he's hey, Haywood Highsmith is better, but Haywood Highsmith will shoot damn ball. And he's a game changer because you've got to focus on Hero. You've got to focus on Struz. You've got to focus on Oladipo. So Haywood Highsmith is going to get open shots. And when you knock open shots down, it makes you much harder to defend. And I just didn't see, it, it puts a lot of pressure on other guys when Hauser just ain't hitting shots. So it seems like you were evenly distributing the blame for the, the specifically the Miami loss, but I'm going to narrow it down to two people. Who would you give the bigger slice of the blame pie to? Would it be Jason Tatum or Joe Missoula? Who you got, Gary? I'm going to give it to Missoula. I just thought the timeout, I thought the defense, letting Bam get the ball, that was really reminiscent of the bubble. Remember how Bam like couldn't yeah. be guarded by Daniel Tice in the bubble? It was real reminiscent of that. He played point forward, point center, however you want to call it. He handled the ball. He ran the offense. He he got to its exact spots. He he got to the rim. You know, the one play where he dribbled all the way down the floor and split. I think Derek and Pritchard and just dunked it like, like there was no resistance. And I just think that that's Missoula's got to figure out, get the ball out of his hands. If, if Tyler Hero, who was not good last night, Hits a couple. Okay, he hit a he hit a couple of key shots down the stretch. You got to tip your cap, but you cannot let Adebayo square up from fifteen feet and then hit a nice open jumper. To, to, to that's his shot. Like you, the whole thing about defense is not letting guys get to their shots. And Adebayo, I don't know if anybody needs to know more. Like the dude can shoot from mid range. Right. He's not a three point shooter, but damn it, at thirteen to eighteen feet. He can knock it down. That's why he's added to his game. That's why he's probably potential, you know, all-star uh, this year. And a guy made the Olympic team. So I just, I blame Missoula more for not making those adjustments, getting out coached by Spolstra, and then not calling a timeout, doing the whole, like, I'm going to save my, 
let's go, go ahead. Like the game is not tied. Yeah. Like you exactly. got to score here. Mm-hmm. So get to the free throw line, get Tatum dribbles. Then all of a sudden he gets blitzed. Robert's the one that like Robert runs out. Cause he calls Robert out for a pick. Why he, he's not going to give it to Robert because Robert's got to do so. Robert ain't going to take no jumper. If you right. want to, if you want switch it to where Grant sets the pick, then Grant comes off the pick and at least you give him an open three to try to win the game. Yeah. If that, you know, cause Grant's about 40% from three, you're giving yourself a better chance to win. Have Grant come out there, set a physical screen, pop off the screen. Tatum goes here, Grant, your game. Take us home. If he misses, okay. You, you, got, a, you got a shot. But Tatum looks and goes, I can't throw it to Robert. Let me try to skip, throw a skip pass across the court in the corner to Grant. I mean, it, you know, and Jason's not that great of a pass. That's a LeBron Jokic pass. That's a pass that, that only great passers know how to make. Throwing it the right uh, velocity. Mm-hmm. understanding where Hero's going to be to make sure he doesn't intercept it, all that stuff. So I'm blaming Missoula. Sherrod, who are you blaming? Yeah, and I'll, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Gary. Because when you think about it, the, the biggest mistakes that Tatum made were all predicated on the fact that there wasn't a stoppage of play before that. Missoula had a chance with about 20 seconds of play uh, to come up with something that could position him to, you know, extend the game and he didn't he he deferred to Tatum who was not having a great game I think at that point Tatum had six turnovers uh he, that that's problematic I, I think and again I've, I've said this before and I, I, I stand by it Joe Missoula does not yet have a comfortable pulse for how to navigate this team down a stretch uh I, it seems that it, the default mode for him is to defer to the players, which when you have great players like Tatum and Brown, it works, but there's some nights where you can't default to that. Sometimes you actually have to sit their asses down and have a conversation and figure out what are we going to do next? This is how we're going to close the game out. And and Joe, he's got to have a better pulse for when he needs to inject himself into that particular aspect of the game and when to kind of play hands off. Cause right now I, I'm nervous about that. If I'm a Celtics fan, because those are the kind of mistakes that they're not going to kill you in the first 82 games. They probably won't kill you in the first or maybe even the second round. But when you get to the conference finals and NBA finals, though the inability to make, do well in those particular moments is probably going to cost you a game. And that game may very well cost you that series. And you, for all the good things that you've done this year, that is what's going to be the the one thing people latch on to with Joe Mazzulla, and that's his inability to call timeouts. You listen to both the national broadcast of Celtic games and the, the local one. And at some point, they make some reference to the fact that he doesn't call timeouts. And I know he gets a little, little kind of, you know, he bristles at that a little bit. And, and yeah. Gary knows that better than, than, than any of us. But that that's besides the point. There's an easy way to, to rectify that. Do a better job of using your timeouts. You don't got to use every damn one of them, but damn, use them when, they, when they're appropriate. A 15-0 run is not when you should call a timeout. 8-0 run is kind of when you should start. Yeah, you see timeout. it turning. When yeah. you see change personnel, get some new guys in there. Or just stop the damn game. Yeah, just, yeah, just take a break. Yeah, like, relax. But letting it, get, letting it get really bad before, you know, the whole, like, I want to test my guys, I guess, but I just thought that was an extremely winnable game. You're up 87-77. You're king control. Miami's not has no momentum, no juice. And then 
I said, Highsmith hit those two threes. And then all of a sudden, bam, got going. And Robert just kind of disappeared. Like, I need to see more from Robert defensively. Like, this is what you got him for, to try to put some kind of resistance against Adebayo. Adebayo should not have had it that easy in the fourth quarter last night. It's just, it's just that was not good. I was discouraged by that. And, oh, when we get Horford back, you can say that. You can say, you've said the fan, well, Horford, you, now the 36-year-old guy's got to be the, the, the bam stopper. Like, this is what you have Robert Williams for. So put him in a better position to defend, push a guy out from his spot. If Bam hits a 22-footer, okay. But right there at the top of the key with Peyton Pritchard on him, and Peyton's doing the best he can, he's looking like, oh, come on, little dude. <laughs> There's two for you. <laughs> you know, like, come on. That's just like, that's a, that's a, that's a coaching issue. Peyton should be put in that position. Well, if you bet on the Celtics for that game, clearly you're very disappointed at this point. But here's the thing: Bet Online still remains your number one sport source for all your sports the betting. Uh, they did they, see. There you go. So you're not too disappointed. That's not too much. Good, good point. Good point. Somebody made some money. <laughs> it was four point. Miami, F, Miami by four. The last I saw. Oh, four so yeah. Hey. Perfect. So hopefully Perfect. if you knew that you went to betonline.ag to make sure that you covered the spread. They remain your number one source when you think about the NFL playoffs coming up, Super Bowls right around the corner, pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and so much more. You'll always find the latest odds and matchup info on BetOnline. They have free contests, live scores for almost any and every sport in game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today and use their mobile device as well, laptop, whatever you need to do. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You'll just need that promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Once again, that's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, where the games start. So let's quickly look at the injury report for that game. Like we mentioned earlier, that was a big factor in this loss. Brown out with abductor management, um, with abductor management. Marcus Smart, ankle sprain. Al Horford, as you mentioned, had that lower back stiffness that he's been dealing with with generally. Malcolm Brown, yeah, I mean, you know. It always flares up on the second game of the back Look, let that man get some rest. And of course, oh Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, in Miami. Oh, in Miami. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then oh, Malcolm Brogdon, personal reasons. I don't, have we figured out what exactly the personal reasons have been just yet? I know it's supposed to be personal for a reason, but we're nosy. Well, remember, he was supposed to, he was listed as questionable with personal reasons. I did, yes. Uh-huh. Against Toronto, I want to say, that he was that he played and then the last two games. So, you know, whatever it is, uh, and let's hope it all the best. It's not a family issue or anything sure, like exactly. that. Exactly. He'll be back on, you know, he's supposed to be back Thursday against the Knicks. Exactly. And as of the most recent Celtics injury report for the next game, Gallinari, of course, is out still. But Marcus Smart is the only one that's listed with a right ankle sprain. But overall, from looking back at that Miami game, who was the most concerning absence for the two of you that the fact that they weren't even in the game? Well, the the guy that I I just, you know, I'm, I'm just amazed at just how he's finding ways to contribute. Uh, is Al Horford. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, Al, he's becoming a, an incredibly effective defender. 
Uh, that's the value that you're really getting out of Al at a, at a fairly consistently high level when he's on the floor. And you're going to need that in the playoffs. I, I, and when he's not there, because uh, remember, Rob is still building up towards playing Rob Williams like minutes. You know, him and I had a conversation a few weeks ago about, you know, people forget that last season in the playoffs, his last three games, he played 30 plus minutes. And he'd only had one other stretch the entire season where he did that. So he was literally at the end of the season exactly where you wanted him to be in terms of minutes played. And so he's still building up towards that and not having Al around complicates things even more so because you, in a, in a perfect world, he would gobble up a lot of those Rob minutes, but because again, because Rob is still to some degree ratcheting up towards that, he's not going to be as, as on the court as, as he would like to be and certainly they want him to be. And thus his impact is going to be limited. Uh, and that's why Al Horford is so important because there's a domino effect that happens to this team when he's not there. Uh, and then conversely, there's a, a, an app that they feel a lot more comfortable with the roles that their bigs are in when you can include Al in that conversation. So Al's the guy that I, I I'm, you know, I, I think he's going to be, one of the more important guys going forward because of how he helps everyone else and the team for that matter be better. Yeah, I'm gonna say Malcolm. I'm gonna Malcolm, say Malcolm yeah. because he, of his ability to get buckets. And last night in the fourth quarter, they needed a bucket getter. They needed somebody who can get to the free throw line, get to the rim, hit a three. They just didn't have that. And you can't put it, you know, Tatum. The thing is, is that you know, like Tatum's minutes, you want to ration them. I think he might've come in a tad bit too late because he comes in with this, here I am to save the day. And he wasn't able to do that. I think he had three points in the fourth quarter that the and one that uh, brought the Celtics, I think within, within a point or two points, but um, Brogdon would have been able to be in there and get you a bucket because they were just suffering for that six minute stretch where they couldn't score. Like Grant couldn't score at the rim. Peyton was missing threes. Uh, I think Robert had a putback that, that rimmed out. You know, Hauser missed a three. You know, and then I said, Derek White, I mean, had a bunch of floaters and he had an open three just off. And I, as I said, I hate to, to harp on Derek White, but I'm harping on Derek White, I guess. You always harp on Derek White. You I hate Derek White. I think he's had a. I love Derek a, White. You hate He's had a nice season, but I need to see more of the clutch gene. I need his. I needed to see him down the stretch get a couple of key buckets for this team and say, no, no, Jason, you don't have to do everything because it came to Jason trying to save the day. And But I think Malcolm would have probably, they win that game with Malcolm because he would have gotten to the rim, got to the free throw line, stopped that tie to that 15-0 run, and maybe the Celtics pull ahead a little bit more. Um, but... It, I think his absence, I think obviously they missed Marcus's ball handling and his ability to distribute. They missed Al probably defending out of bio. Of course they missed Jalen, but I think Malcolm Malcolm's absence stood because you want to give Jalen a night off or two. He's getting a break here, but I think that Malcolm absence just robbed them of anyone besides Tatum who could consistently score in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, I just think Peyton, I don't want to if you I, if I'm a Celtic, I'm not trying to depend on Peyton to get me, you know, 10 points in the fourth. It could happen or whatever. But I think his when he scores, he hits that open three or whatever. 
um, that's a good thing and that's a bonus for this team as opposed to like, okay, Peyton, get us a bucket. Like, Malcolm would be capable of that. Well, if your roster is looking like the Celtics roster did, then we have the solution for you. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending multiple hours on multiple job sites, you just head to Indeed and they'll have all the tools you need to be able to find the right candidate for the job. With their instant match tool, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches the job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed makes it so easy to hire. It takes 10 minutes or less for most small business owners and employees employers to find a post a job and then hopefully find the right person for the job. When you sponsor on Indeed and you post on the Indeed website in the US, you're actually three times more likely to get a hire according to Indeed data. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you can only pay for applications that meet your must have requirements. Again, you're saving so much time getting straight to the source. You need a shooter, you need a wing, whatever you need, they have it on their website. So you can start hiring right now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post. All you'll need to do is go to indeed.com slash A-list, offer good for a limited time. You can claim once again that $75 credit right now on indeed.com slash A-list, indeed.com slash A-list, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. Now, we talked about Miami. Let's look ahead to a bigger matchup that's coming to town. The Celtics are facing the New York Knicks. And, of course, that's going to be an exciting matchup on Thursday. The Lakers is obviously the game right after that. So it's a really busy weekend for the Boston Celtics. But let's focus on New York really quickly. They're currently seven in the East, three games out of the fifth seed. What matchup are you looking most forward to seeing from this matchup between the Celtics and the Knicks? Julius Randle against anybody. Uh, I think you'll see Julius matched up on Tatum. You'll see him matched up on Jalen. At sometimes you'll see him matched up at times with Al, Rob. Uh, all those guys are going to get a, get a taste of, of Julius Randle. And, and this is for for Julius and the Knicks. This is a huge game uh, because they're starting to play much better. This is a potential first round matchup that they might see, and mm-hmm. so they absolutely want to come out and, and and just you know pull the up, upset off. But uh, Julius, I give him credit. He's doing his thing. He's averaging almost 25 points a game, 10 plus boards, four dimes, shooting about 35, 34, 35% from three and, uh, over 40, I think 45, 46% from the field. So he's having a good season, but I just think the Celtics are just, are just too deep, too talented. And I think going to this game, they're going to be a little, they're going to have a little edge to them because they know that Miami game is one that they should have won. They gave that game away and they know that. And they don't want to, you know, back that up with another giveaway game. So I expect them to play well. I expect them to minimize Julius Randle's impact and get back on the winning track. Um, I think it'll be a very difficult game for the Celtics because the Knicks, one, are a better road team at home. Two, they have three legitimate scorers in Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randle. Um, in addition to, like, guys like Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel Quigley, like, you know, the one thing the guy they're missing – uh, the the big man, um, God, what's the big guy's name? Uh, uh, can't remember the big guy's number twenty six or twenty three. Uh, I have to look him up. I'll look um, it up. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, now I only know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mitchell you know, Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. I we all do that. Come on, come on. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. 
Uh, they're missing him. He's out with a finger injury. But the Knicks are an athletic team. They're going to play hard. They're going to play good defense. They're going to make it hard on themselves. This is not going to be an easy game. Um, the Knicks are obviously up and down club, but they're still in playoff, you know, the playoffs of the season into the day. So I think a very difficult stretch here for the Celtics when you get the Lakers coming in on uh, Saturday. And I think they're going to have AD in that game now because I think he's supposed to play against the Spurs on Wednesday. But my matchup I'm looking forward to is a, a Tatum against RJ Barrett. Can they keep Barrett kind of contained? Barrett can, has the ability to, to have a big night. And so does Jalen Brunson. So I just think the Celtics have to play good defense in this game. It's going to be a, a dogfight. It's going to be a slugfest because both teams play good defense. Um, the Knicks are going to be well-rested. They're not, you know, they're, they're going to be coming in. National TV game, they're going to want to make a statement. Um, they're going to want to show the Celtics uh, that they're, they're forced to be reckoned with down, down the road uh, if they meet in the playoffs. Um, so very difficult game for the Celtics. Not an easy one. If you're a Celtic fan, you would love to come home to, you know, Charlotte or somebody, a cupcake, uh, or as my man, John, John, she says tomato can, but the the next, the the schedule continues to get more difficult with New York, uh, LA. uh, Yeah. Then Phoenix and Brooklyn. So, um, it'll be tough. Yeah, it, it'll be tough. But what you know is not tough. Tell Making us. a decision to jump on the rocket money train. Yes, rocket money. Saving you lots and lots of money. Uh, and they're doing it the way that I think just makes a lot of sense. We all have lots of subscriptions, but let's be real. Are you wasting money on those subscriptions? Uh, 80% of people have subscriptions that they forget about. And maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account or Hulu account that never gets streamed, but there's this great app that you can use that helps you track all of your expenses. And because of it, you no longer waste money on subscriptions that you don't even use. Can we all use that in our lives? You might've heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Do you know how much you're really spending on subscriptions? Most Americans think it's around 80 bucks, but that's just not true. Uh, when the actual cost is closer to 200 plus dollars. And that for me, when I started using Rocket Money, that was the eye opener. like, damn, I spend that much money? Uh, the, the way that they break it down is really, really simple. And they're able to show you where you might be having some wasteful spending. So listen, that, that's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. And again, Rocket App is a great app and I love using it because it takes care of a lot of that for me. It's called, Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Uh, Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out that you've been double charged for subscription. And to cancel it is super, super, super easy. All you have to do is go into the app, press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So get rid of those useless subscriptions, Gary Washburn, with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash A-list. Seriously, it can save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars, Gary. That's rocketmoney.com slash A-list. Cancel those unnecessary subscriptions right now at, yeah, once again, rocketmoney.com slash A-list. Back to Kwani A. Lunis. No, I got to quickly add, I actually, I signed up for Rocket Money a while ago when we first were decided to be partners with them. And I finally logged in and did the whole thing. It definitely called me out on the things I'm spending and helped me reset for the new year and figure out where do I need to properly be spending money. So I can vouch for the effectiveness of that app. But before we wrap up, what have you two been up to? Well, today (laughs) 
actually, I um, I had, I'm working on a, a story for Ebony.com, and I had a chance to talk with uh, athletes. Some of you might be familiar with her name is Serena Williams. I never um, heard of her. Wait, yeah. what? You talked to Serena? Yeah, yeah. We we talked for about 10, 15 minutes earlier today. Good conversation. Uh, the gist of our conversation was focused on just gender equity, specifically uh, making sure that that the opportunities that present themselves for men and women when it comes to things such as, I don't know, Super Bowl ads are comparable. Uh, but that's part of her platform that she's been really a, a strong, outspoken advocate for for a long time. And we talked about that. We talked about the, just the, kind of the genesis of, of where that came from. And that'll be coming out in Ebony uh, in the next week or so, certainly before the Super Bowl. She's partnering with Anheuser-Busch, who has also okay. made a pretty strong presence when it comes to gender equity and, and we get into to what some of the things that they've done as well but yeah that that's that's pretty much what's on the plate now i love that gary what do you um, have just continue to cover celtics uh got some other things down the road a, a second book that i'm working on i'll, I'll give you guys more details as it, as it kind of finalizes you heard it here first people <laughs> yeah finalizes it's almost it's about we're in the finishing touches Mm -hmm. um and also uh the celtics will be applying for the 2026 all-star game so yes all, all your uh all your folks you know all your boston people mm -hmm. ready for all-star weekend in three years you know it's, it's a long <laughs> way away <laughs> i'm excited for that i, I might stick around for, for yeah, a little come on, get, your, get your party plans together put i your, got you <laughs> to get planning going because i know it's gonna be because kawani's party's gonna be the party to be oh, we're gonna tell that. That. i'll yeah. make sure all of our listeners get an invite as well yeah, sure. <laughs> so, actually this, uh, yeah no first it'll be boston's first all-star game since 1964 and so i think a big sign for the city to kind of take to take a step forward and be in a big time city as we've seen if you live in boston the refurbishing of td garden all the obviously club restaurants all of that now uh the refurbishing of the uh seaport more hotels now it's, it's a city that's way more equipped to host a big event like this yeah. Um, than it probably was 10 or 15 years ago. So I think it's good for the sellers, good for the NBA, and good for the city to be able to just showcase itself uh, for that All-Star game in 2026. That's nice. a big deal for Boston. I'm looking forward to hopefully them winning that bid. On Tuesday, quickly, I moderated a panel that the Celtics did. They have this initiative called Spread the Health. And this one specifically was about caregivers. If you care for an elderly loved one or even just you care for your kids, they basically broke down. They had professionals break down how to properly take care of people that you love, but also make sure you're taking care of yourself in the interim. So whenever that goes up, I'll probably post it on social media. I thought it was a really insightful conversation and shout out to the Celtics for obviously focusing on success on the court, but also having these initiatives off the court and being in the community. They were in Chelsea for that panel, but that's all I have. This has been a great episode of the A-List podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners for sticking with us. We'll be back next week and hopefully the Celtics will have a little more positive things for us to talk about. Thank you for listening.